Welcome to another inspirational message from Liberty Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Sometimes as we gather, uh, it is said from this COVID thing that has affected the church nationwide where people are hesitant to get involved. And getting involved brings in making friends, doing nice things and helping people. Well, church our size is really invested in doing things. I just share children's hospital. We take food up there to families who their child is in the hospital and they don't have food. And this is evaluated by the caseworkers and they call us. January, February, March, we averaged 10 packages of food. And we're talking good food, not, not you know, leftover. No, we're talking really nice. But we're averaging two families a week at Children's Hospital. 94 people have been fed by you all and your generosity in three months. I just think that's great. Now, this is what happens. We ha- you can get involved and do a one-time thing. One time will be maybe you haven't got involved in the police and fire. Since 9-11, we've honored around this area the police and fire stations on five major holidays. You could help spend the money, give the money for the food, help go get the food, help prepare the food, and help deliver. Some of my... F- best times. I got to deliver to a couple places. I got to deliver to one place when I got taken by the ambulance. They came and got me and there's uh, Captain Bob and his team. And I go, Pastor McGavin, it's so good to see you. Well, not like this pastor, but it's still good to see you. And I said, well, guys, as you carry me down my steps, if you drop me, we're not bringing you food. <laughs> so if you want food, you better not drop me. Had some fun. You can get in and do that. You can, for, gosh, 12 years, irregardless of the weather, you can help get, prepare, and or deliver the food downtown. What, what, what is that? It, what is going on by the Spirit of God is you're moving in the ministry of the gift of helps. You'll find the Holy Spirit empowers you, strengthens you more than you normally would have in doing these things, whether it's children's hospital, whether it's uh, going to the police and fire, because it's always a good time to honor, or whether you're feeding the poor. And you ought to read today's Proverbs about taking care of the poor. We do. So whether you give, help prepare, or help deliver, you can get involved and watch the Holy Spirit move on your heart and show you things you hadn't seen in your daily walk. It's important. Am I I making sense to you all? Okay, because then we hang out. One of the nice things, the word brethren means an army, like a tight army, a unit. You won't leave any man behind. You work together. But it also has the connotation of family in there. So I love to serve our city and serve people that the Bible commands us we're supposed to do. But then I want to hang out. And you hang out with fellowship. Fellowship is two fellows in the same ship. You can't have fellowship on TV. 
You have fellowship when you come together. And we're throwing a uh, baby shower for Pastor Mercedes. It's her first child. The, every doctor and fertility doctor said she will never be able to get pregnant. Well, our grandson will be here shortly. But it gives us also an opportunity not just to rejoice with Colin and Mercedes, but we as a church family to come together and hang out. Well, I'll get on the video games and we'll play video games you know, all over the city. You know, That's not hanging out. That's not fellowship. I'm not against you doing that. But I am saying there's a difference when we come and hang out. I got a hug, hug from, oh, one of the kids at the last shower we had for the Felders. It was her birthday, and she hugged me. I don't know if she remembers, but it touched my heart. I needed a hug. She was the one God moved on. Today we have a word of knowledge. Tony Barnes of Victor Riding Academy, I, I knew I, he had it. I'm looking at, do I go over and tell him? Do I, what do I do? He, and I said, you got something? He came over. And this is simply it. Wherever you're at in life, if it seems dark around you, be at peace because the light is inside you coming out. So wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, doesn't matter what situation you walk in, you're ready to go. You start by serving. Something's a mess, I find something to give, something to serve. Get my attention off of me and help others. I can sit there and think about me, 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 or I can go help others. So I'll go help others. Well, what, what? I'm not going to take the care of it. I'm not going to take the worry of it. I'm not going to take the weight of it. I'll deal with the stuff and the facts. I'm not hiding from that. But I'm going to cast the care of that over on the Lord because he cares for me. And I'm, I'm going back to work and serving people. For those who have picked up the, a larger share since Pastor Mike's operation... I want to say a special thank you to you because I know what it takes. Tammy is a champion back there in the corner. She is. It just sort of, through all this, it just sort of came on her and others in many ways. And I just try to say thank you. Amen? Ready for the word today? Okay. In Matthew 9, verse 37, Jesus says something to there's a great harvest out here, but the laborers are few. Laborers are few. Okay, it is estimated from guys in leadership like John Maxwell's book on leadership and stuff that 80% of the things a church does is done by 20% of the church. And I would love to be able to say, except this one. Labor, Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. It's right there. But the laborers are few. That means you're equipped by the Holy Spirit with gifts to go out into the world and have a word of knowledge, have a word of wisdom, discerning the spirits, ministry of helps. You can do something every day. And you can be a laborer when you didn't think of yourself that way. I didn't think of myself much of a... Uh, Cowboy farmhand, I grew up in 51st and Dodge. I married my lovely wife, and she's got three horses, and we got to go get 700 bales out of the field, load up on the flatbed, and bring them in. I had to learn to adjust. Anyone who's married in here, you know 
whether male or female, it's an adjustment. You did not marry yourself. It is an adjustment. Then make friends. Why not just make friends? We go to a restaurant on a regular basis uh, after one of my workouts, and I can name 10 waiters and waitresses. Why? Because you make friends. You just make friends wherever you're at. Are we good? Let's get into the Word then. Uh, 2 John 8. Second John 8 says this, Look to yourselves that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. It hints that you haven't got all the reward yet. You can't lose the things you've gained because you're, all your reward is not in yet. Now, those who have been tithing and giving, you know what the word says about 30, 60, 100 fold. You know about barns bursting forth and all that. Well, we want to see some of that here. It says, do not lose the things you've gained. How do I lose? Simply like this. Are you ready? Nah. You cannot be defeated unless you're deflated. You don't, like the balloon, you let the air out, it ain't going to do the job. A believer, you can't just know it in your head. You've got to work, as Scripture says, your words and corresponding actions of faith cause you to gain. I can go to the gym and look at the bench press. It's another thing if I go to the gym and use the bench press. Boy, look at the muscles I'm getting by looking at that machine. Woo, woo, I'm all pumped. No, you have to do it. Let's do this, and I'll use this uh, analogy throughout the message. Anybody here could fly a plane, your license to fly? Anyone? Was, okay? Anyone here go down to the airport and buy a ticket and get on a plane? Can any of you? I feel sorry for the other ones who can't. <laughs> Here's the point. You have a knowledge of a plane. You can get in the plane. You know what the plane's going to do and where you're going to go. Agreed? But there's a pilot who knows how to get it there. That's called working knowledge. I've got a lot of knowledge. i got so much trivia in my mind over the years. You know, you wish you could get rid of it. But that's not working knowledge. Working knowledge is allows you to grow. It allows you to go forward and be victorious. Amen? Okay, let's go to Romans 10. Verse 13. For there are no differences between the Jew, the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto those who call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You want to be saved? It requires calling upon the name of the Lord. I talk to people and they say, well, well Muhammad is, is a good teacher and Buddha, and they go down the list, and then there's Jesus. I, I got news for you. Jesus said, no one's getting the Father but through me. He's not just another good teacher. He did rise from the dead. The others 
didn't. Okay? Amen. I'm having fun. First uh, Corinthians six eleven says we're washed and sanctified and justified in His name. In His name. I watched uh, a bunch of pastors come together one time in Omaha. There were about oh maybe 150, maybe more. But from one church, five or six pastors came in. You know what they all had on? They all had on khaki pants and blue blazers. Standard uniform. They all knew exactly who the senior pastor was and who his men were. Okay? We have to identify with being washed away our sins by the blood of Jesus. Sanctified, not because of our goodness, but because of his. Amen? Justified. Done. In court. It's over. You won. It's, it's done. You won't go back under that charge again. And it's all because you're in his name. Crazy faith. I can have crazy faith because I'm in him, in his name. Got it? Let's go to 2 Thessalonians for a moment. That's right after 1 Thessalonians. Chapter 1. Thank you for the laugh, Mike. Appreciate it. Verse 11. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and power. He's empowering us. He, he's doing it for us. And it says that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. All this that he's given us, preparing us to, is so that anybody out there in the darkness of this world can see the light of Jesus coming through you wherever you go. There's just something different about you. There's just something different about you. Well, you're odd. No, it's more the word says I'm a peculiar person, a chosen generation. I'm peculiar. I got no problem with that. He only made one Jim McGaffin, one Julie Luby, one Deborah Fleming over there just made one of us but he has a purpose it says for why he made you and that is that your life would be glorified in his name they look at you and say that's a christian that's a christ-like one there's no doubt who's lord of the oh yeah we know that okay witnessing to the guy who built this leg for me didn't know anything about him his name is Vincent. Found out his wife just had a baby. And Vincent then finally comes out and says, I go to such and such church, and I know they teach salvation there. My assumption is the man's born again, given his life to Jesus. And all of a sudden, the tone between us changed and what we could talk about. Because we had something in common, his name. And he's even talking about coming to church here. We do some kind of video on Easter because he's the one that's been working with me this is my second leg. He is the one that's been working with me to be able to walk. And he goes, I want to see you walk into your church. How'd that start? Just letting the Christ in us come out. Amen? Uh, let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. Or Hebrews 6, I'm sorry. Hebrews 6. 
and that'll be Hebrews 6, verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and your labor of love. He saw what you did. He saw you open the door. He saw you carry the package. He saw you help someone. He saw you give. He sees it, and it's your labor of love. I don't do it. I'm a Christian. I got to be nice. I guess I'll have to do this. No, I get to do this. I get to do this. You get to help those little kids get on the horses, and their lives are changed. I, I was blown away when we were in the 4th of July parade, and I was riding a horse with pa Pastor Leggett, and kids are coming up and touching the legs. They had never seen a live horse in their life. It was incredible to watch their faces. Tony and Jody get a chance to just absolutely make an impact in the love of Jesus Christ on these kids. Oh, yeah, it's vital. It's vital. Anyhow, I'll finish verse 10. It's a labor of love which you have showed toward his name. I'm not ashamed that I've got the name of Jesus over my life, through my life. Are you? No. Are you embarrassed in public? No, I shine in public. I'll love and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with anybody. <laughs> We're going to have fun. Well, aren't you afraid you might offend someone? I, I, I'm nice. I don't offend people. But I also share the truth. I also find a way to open the door. And so should you, in any setting. Find a way to open the door. That's it. Amen. I like that. Let's go to 1 John. We're close. We're going to go to 1 John in chapter 3 and read two verses there. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23. And this is a commandment that we should believe on the name of Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave commandment. A command that we believe on the name of Jesus. I'm stressing the name of Jesus because if you watch any media, any Christmas, they do not want to say that name. They'll work around it wherever they can go, and they just want to get away from people saying, Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. No, happy Xmas. No, happy Jesus' birthday, Christmas. You don't celebrate without him being in the middle. Or why do it? Okay? I'm having fun. Chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and they're not grievous. Are they? Amen. Obeying God's not supposed to. I got to obey God. It's so hard to do it. I just know it's such a pain in the neck. Oh, God. That, that's not supposed to be it. It says in verse 13, these things I've written unto you who believe. John, the last apostle on the earth who walked with Jesus who wrote the book of Revelation, and he says here, these things I've written to you that you believe on the name of the Son of God, and that you may know you have eternal life for those who believe on the Son of God. Believe on the name. On the name. They put him in a vat of burning oil, and it didn't touch him. They put him on the island of Patmos just to get him out of the way. 
I would love for everyone in this room to live a life so much that you stick out like that out there where the love and the presence of God through you are touching people every day. I want to be on fire. I want to attract. I, I, I want to reach. I want to touch. Amen? Now, I'm going to get religious on you for the next few minutes. I'm warning you ahead of time. There are three words in our society that are used that belong only to God, and people use them all the time pertaining to something else. I watched an episode recently of Golden Girls, and the grandma said, Hallelujah! And it wasn't about anything about God. It was, a, I guess, Blanche, you know, came home or something. Or what, who, who, who knows? But people use the word hallelujah pertaining to us. It is in the book of Revelation. It pertains to the worship, the deep worship of God. Why? The key part of hallelujah is for his goodness. And I stand next to you, and you stand next to others, and we have a chance to say, hallelujah. We're saying like the angels in heaven do about God's goodness for our life. That word belongs to God. Simply. I'm not going to use it on a sitcom. I'm not going to use it out there. And it's not religious. It's if brethren recognize, I said, Hallelujah. Whoa, here we go. I worship you with all my hallelujah. I worship. It belongs to him. I don't give what belongs to Deborah to other women. It belongs to her. Simple. I give what belongs to my heavenly father. What belongs to him. Hallelujah. Next word that they use all the time, amen. Okay. Bless us the Lord, and these, I guess, we're about to the body of Christ, our Lord, amen. Standard prayer over the meal at our house growing up, and they always tagged it with amen. My sister came back with, uh, what was it? It was something she learned in the first year, I think, at Marion High School, uh, and it was nothing. My mom was furious. It didn't even have the amen at the end. Now, I would also like to talk to believers who pray. Amen is not the last word you say when you pray. Amen is not closing the book on what you're praying. Here's what amen means. To be trustworthy, faithful, walk in your covenant, and it states so be it in my life. So when I say amen to something, I'm saying that is in my life. I walk in it and I grow in it. It belongs to the church. It belongs to God. Amen. Are you okay? Are you all with me? Because the last one I'm going to do in a few minutes. <laughs> oh, let me throw this to you. We say Jesus Christ. Christ is not his last name. I am Pastor Jim. When I'm not here, I'm still Jim who pastors. Jesus is Jesus, the Son of God, 
the Messiah Christ. Christ only means the Messiah. So when you say Jesus Christ, you're saying Jesus the Messiah, not Jesus and his last name. I say that it's because we get flippant. We get, we just skate by sometimes saying amen or Jesus Christ or, or and we're not even hallelujah. Well, what are you saying? What are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. I don't see any faces out there are helping me right now. Let me do this. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a relative down the line from Queen Esther who ended up marrying Artaxerxes. He's the king of Persia. Because of that marriage, two generations down, the king looked kindly on Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer for him. He said, what's wrong with your face? He goes, my homeland, Israel, Jerusalem, the walls are down and the temple is not established. He gave him written papers of authority from the king of Persia to any community who this guy was. He also, in the next paper, gave him stuff for supplies. To rebuild the wall, you're going to need supplies. Who's paying for it? Who has the right to take it? This man does because the king's going to pay for it, and you're going to do it. Ezra gets to go ahead and start building the temple, which got done first. But it says that when they read the word of God in Jerusalem, they started in the morning, and they went till sundown, and the men of the nation cried all day long because it hadn't been read, because the walls were down. Nehemiah had paper that gave him authority to do. Ordained with Faith Christian Fellowship. My area started with Iowa, my first state, but I later was given the entire Midwest from Canada to Mexico down the middle. That was my area. But in, during that time, I had to go into a number of churches and clean up the mess. Discipline others, correct others, get things back on square for what a church should be because there was in-house fighting. I did it more than once. And they will say, by what authority? I say, by FCF International, Buddy Harrison himself. And every decision I made, which I reported back, Buddy Harrison stood behind what I did. Even one time, I had to close a church. He said, Jim, you're probably going to have to close it. When I got there, yeah, I had to close the church. By what authority? I have, like Nehemiah, I had authority in the name of what we represent. Right? Okay, then we go to Acts 3. Peter, who renounced Jesus at the, when Jesus was being crucified, Peter put his foot in his mouth so many times. I mean, you all his Jesus' favorite. Do you ever think maybe he keeps Peter, James, and John with him because these guys screw up? And he has to keep a close eye on these guys. But Peter puts his foot in his mouth. He's walking by a gate to go into the temple like he does all the time. It's not his first walk through. But he looks at this man who couldn't walk. The guy's begging Jewish tradition is that you give, if they're a verified beggar, they're not faking it, they're given certain clothes by the temple that tells anybody walking by, this is legit. Same thing for widows, to help. He obviously was legit. He was waiting for money. And Peter says this, silver and gold I don't have. 
but what I do have, I will give you. In the name of Jesus, stand and walk. Reached down, helped him up. The man got up and walked, jumping and leaping and praising God. Silver and gold I don't have, but I know what I've got. And I'm saying to us, we must realize what we've got. It's not up to just superstar pastor. It's every laborer in the field with the gifts of God on your life. You make a difference. I love that about Peter. Silver, I don't have that, but such that I do have, I'll give you. In the name. This is a name they didn't want spoken very much at this time in, around the temple because they're the ones that crucified Jesus. And all of a sudden, this guy's miracles. I thought we got rid of Jesus, and now one of his guys is doing the same stuff that he did before. Sort of like, I'm back. You know, just really giving the Jewish Sanhedrin a hard time. Amen? Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. If it sounds like I'm being mean, I'm not trying to, but I just let you know, even with the hindrance of what I've had to deal with, I was at their baby shower and talk to everyone. Everyone. You can get involved and make friends and invite people, and this place will love on you. Or you can stay home and watch a movie. Now, if you're on whatever way we get to you, and you couldn't be here today, we're thrilled to have you and want this word to bless your life. But if you could get your little body here, I'm telling you, get back in the habit that was broken over the COVID thing. Build the new habit. Get here, and let's get back to doing what God created us to do. Amen? Okay, 1 Corinthians 1, and this is verse 10. Now I beseech you, virtually I urge you, I entreat you, I'm begging you, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and there be no divisions. Here's an interesting thing when you put people together. If you put two people together, let's say a marriage, you have two opinions. What do you want to eat? What colors do you like? Well, I like green. I don't. I like asparagus. I like broccoli. What are you going to do? There's not supposed to be divisions among the brethren. And it says that division has to be stopped in the name of Jesus. If you're in his name, then stop the division. You do that by shutting up. Go into the person in charge, whatever's going on, and if it's just a friendly thing, why don't you listen to what's bugging them rather than you tell them what's bugging you? It's amazing how far you can get by listening. There'll be no divisions among you that you be perfectly joined together of the same mind and the same judgment. Now, we use this on Wednesday night, one of the examples. My wife has three slow cookers. Why in the world does anybody need three slow cookers? But one Wednesday night, they're all three being used. Now, they're all slow cookers, but they're different. And you can recognize them as a slow cooker. 
They got the chicken, the chili, and the roast. All were done when we got home. I say that is every one of you is a different slow cooker, a different pot or pan used. But they're for the same thing, to cook, to get somewhere where you want to be. So someone else's gift is different than yours, but it's the same core gift. It's just it's working through Tony differently than it works through me. It's the same gift. And it shouldn't cause, well, it wasn't done the way I would do it. I've assigned people things over the years of pastoring, and they don't do it exactly the way I'd do it. But it gets done. Did it get done? Yeah. Well, shut up then. Quit the whining. Quit the whining. So it took, and I, uh, I think uh, Roger and some of the underground were involved in that. I paint curbs. How many remember I paint curbs? Yes. I have a style down. If you work with your hands, and work, work belt, and whatever you do, you have a certain style or system to what you do. And that's why I say don't touch somebody else's tools. Just don't touch them. Well, we're painting curbs, and we're down at the house at the, at the south end heading up to the... Uh, the uh, loading dock, parallel road. The, the, the kids, the guys, the young guys got one side, I got the other. When I was done with my side, they were only halfway there. Did they do a good job? Yep. Did they do it like you do it? Nope. Did it get done? Yep. Then why should I be bothered that the three guys couldn't do the work of one guy? But it's not my first curb I've painted. I got a system. My point is this is there are many individuals in here that are young or older, that are Asian, that are Hispanic, that are black and white. But we're all in Jesus and we're trying to accomplish something. So let's get it done. But I don't need division. Division comes when people argue. They don't just talk about the one thing that is bugging them. They bring, and this, and this, and two years ago, this. That's a talebearer. Read Proverbs every day. You find it has some great words to say about a talebearer and a whisperer. Amen? Okay. I'm having fun. Second Thessalonians. This will be a, this, I'm sure you haven't heard a long time. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. And it says in verse 6 and 7. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw yourselves from every other brother that walks disorderly. It says, for you yourselves know how you ought to follow us for we behave not ourselves disorderly among you. What he's saying is someone, we leave here and we represent Jesus. We come back and we represent Jesus. And if you, someone walks disorderly, out of order, under that name, you're just supposed to withdraw from them. I've gone to another pastor who decided he would like to have a different wife. And he's still married. Myself and another pastor went to him and said, Brother, we've been friends a long time. But we're not going to walk with you. If you're going to do this, we withdraw our friendship until you come to your senses. You just cannot do that. We did it anyhow, and that we're still smile at each other when we see each other, but I've pulled back. Disorderly. And the key thing is, 
the world has to see that we walk in love and agreement in, as we represent the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. We're real close. And this will be verse 11 and 12. Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of his calling to fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of Jesus Christ may be glorified. You're filled with that, and we're supposed to walk in that every day, that he be glorified, enlarge, shine, everybody see. Oh, that person has been with Jesus. Oh, she's an incredible Christian woman. Why did they throw in the Christian? Because they can see Jesus in you and what you do. But it's in the name. It's in the name. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. I said at the first of the year with this crazy faith, I expect to make every one of us here and there uncomfortable. Because we cannot lose the things we've gained. We've got to continue to grow. And we should be growing from faith to faith, ever exceeding growing faith. And I'm the coach that tells you, I got people helping me with my leg. I got these two girls, Allison particularly. She is a beast to me in rehab. This girl knows her stuff. She runs it at Madonna. And she can isolate what muscle and point to, I have to correct, I have to do this, to walk. Because if I take the wrong, if I learn wrong, I will then walk like an old man limping all the time. I want to walk, then I have to retrain muscles. She is a bear on me. But I love her. I love her. I, this, I look forward, she's the one I want. Because she brings the best out in me. We gather together so we bring the best out in one another in the name of Jesus. I want to learn from your testimony. Next week, we're having some people testify in the, of what's going on in their life in the, with the church. And the following week, we'll be celebrating 30 years of a church. So we're going to hear some of the things God's doing. Others are giving me testimony. We had a healing take place the other night. All pain left. All pain left. Right here. All pain left. Two people reported seeing angels. They're not, they, they didn't know what the connection was. It was totally observant, okay? Stuff's happening. I had, a, I had the number one Hispanic pastor in the city come to my home on his own this week just to see me. This, and he, he's talking, he's so tired of seeker-friendly wimpy messages that don't bring people to Jesus and you don't see people get healed. And he and I sat in my living room for half hour, 40 minutes, prayed together. Why did he come? Because we're part of a kingdom under the name of Jesus. And when we come together, refreshing should take place. Refreshing took place on our level as pastors with ministerial responsibilities. We were refreshed and so good, hugged on each other. It's amazing. He sought me out. Why? I guess there must be a really good name of Jesus above me. Because that is what you see of your testimony when you touch people, when you reach people, 
it forever stays there. That person's with Jesus. Amen? Colossians chapter 3. Did I do it already? Verses 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you poorly, barely, occasionally, richly, like maybe every day do the 22 with us. Read the proverb. Read a uh, chapter in the there and pray in the Holy Ghost. By the way, we got people filled with the Holy Ghost talking in tongues for the first time in their life. Oh, stuff's beginning to happen. Why? Because of crazy love, crazy faith, and we're preaching it, and signs and wonders are supposed to follow it. And they'll follow you in the marketplace. Pastor Mercedes and Colin were in a car accident last week. They were rear-ended. No harm to her, Colin, or the baby. She isn't here, not because she doesn't want to be here. She's here because they require bed rest, basically. But I tell you, the enemy went right after her. You know what? No, no, no. In the name of Jesus. It's not going to be one of those, in Jesus' name. I'm not for the, in Jesus' name, tag it on the end. Like, he has to do whatever we say when you use his name. So I'll just throw it on the end. No, use it with authority. In Jesus' name. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing. Teaching means you can be corrected. Admonishing means you might see something different than you knew before. Wow. One another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your heart. Whatever you do in word or deed. Wow, that's strong. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In word and deed, whatever you do. Do it as a representative of Jesus Christ. That's so powerful right there. You have to let the word dwell in you richly. Wisdom, teaching, and monitoring. We have this Christian TV on in the house on the ones we want to be taught from all the time. In the car, you're going to hear, oh gosh, Brandon Lake. You're going to hear uh, Danny Gokey. You're going to hear C.C. Winans. And that takes up between here and home, that covers three songs. But we didn't get on talk radio and hear a bunch of garbage. We're talking about this and talking about that. No. I mean, those songs will just build you up. Dwell in richly. Because whatever I say and whatever I do, I should do it in the name of Jesus. And that's why I tell you, you get fresh words so you got fresh forgiveness. You will have something in your gut that you, will help you understand and say what needs to be said when you come to a person who's not nice or has hurt you. You don't have to respond tit for tat. If it dwells in you richly, whatever I say, whatever I do, in Jesus' name. I've walked out of situations, Lord, did I say that right? Did I represent you? And I've had to go back a couple times and ask forgiveness and reword what I said. Why? Because their feelings are hurt? No, I'm mad at them. I don't like them. (laughs) 
but I represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And it's not a choice. He says, I command you. Can Jesus command you to walk this way? He can't even say, Cyprus, I need you to do that. Yes, sir. Ron, I need you to do that. Yes, sir. Sheila, I need you to do that. Yes, sir. Can he talk to you and command you in any situation? Because you represent the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm having fun. We're going to go to, uh, well, I'll do this one. It's just Luke 10, 17. The, seven, the 70 people that Jesus sent out that had not been to seminary weren't dressed in a suit like they're something special. Just the regular guys, fishermen, tax collectors, laborers, just guys. He sent 70 out, and they come back, and they say, they healed the sick. They cast out devils. And you know what they say? Even the demons are subject in your name. Now see, the sons of Sceva in Acts tried to cast a devil out of uh, a person, and the person beat them up badly and tore their clothes, and they ran for their lives. And this is what the demon said. And it's in, I didn't get chapter and verse. Many of you know exactly what I'm saying. The, the demon said this, Jesus we know. Paul we know. We don't know you. So let me just say as a representative of Jesus Christ, who are you in hell? Who are you? Do, you, you got a rep? talking pretty stuff. Yeah, you got a rep. Touch my kids, touch my wife. And I'm going to go, in Jesus' name. I'm gonna, no, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's different than go, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's just tag it on. You all know what I'm talking about. Okay, here we go. We're going to have fun. That was Luke uh, 10, 17. Now we're going to go to the book of John and stay there for a while. John 10, verse 25. Jesus is speaking. Jesus answered them and told, I told you and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name they will be a witness of me. Jesus saying, I'm doing the works in my Father's name. Wherever he went, he, out of all the prophets, he's the only one who ever said, my Father. They wanted to kill him for that. He made God, but he did it in his Father's name. Okay? Um, John 14. We've got about five of these real close in John. John 14. Verse 13. When it says, verily, verily, in the King James, he's saying, of a truth, I'm not lying to you. He says, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, he shall do, and greater works. I love this because I look at what Jesus did. 
healing the sick, casting out devils, raising the dead. And he says, greater works are you going to do. Love to see some greater works. Are you real? Yeah, I want to see them. I've seen some that are spectacular. All miracles are supernatural. Some of the things are more spectacular in sight. You see someone walking up here limping and they get, and Jim Hockaday prays for them, and all of a sudden their arm and their leg, he's running around the place. That's spectacular. You getting healed of the flu or the cold or COVID is still the same miracle power in the name of Jesus. It might not have looked spectacular, but it's the same healing power. Same. You'd still be sick without it. It says in 13, um, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Now, I want to see, let's say my boys in sports do well. I'm there cheering them on. They score, they make a good play, I'm cheering. What do you think Jesus does when you do it? When you win the soul, it says all heaven rejoices at one person. A person here who does not know Jesus as their Savior, if you give your life today to him, all heaven will rejoice. They'll throw a party for you because Jesus loves you. Didn't make you part of a group or a cult or anything like that. Just simply give your life to Jesus and all heaven rejoices. I made Jesus happy when I gave him my life. Try to make him happy every day. In my own fr frustration with my flesh, that's his grace covers that. I can try to be good all day long and not bad, but usually the bad has enough in there that who knows what day it is. Anybody? Okay, I got a lot of nodding in the heads. His grace covers that. But he's cheering me on. Just like I did my boys. Cheering them on. Come on. He's cheering you on. Okay. Uh, John 15. Like I said, we're right there for about three or four of these. 15. Verse 16. You've not chosen me. I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit would remain that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, I will give it you. He chose you. Whatever age, whatever background, he chose you to bear fruit in his name. Get the church talking about Jesus again would be really great. Okay, I won't get into my opinion on that one. Chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you'll ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So I'm, I've tried, I get it around people, sometimes I get with ministers, and they tag it on in Jesus' name, like, it, like they're closing, it's the last words of the paragraph. No, 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 no. We're asking God to do something in our city, in people's lives. 
We're asking God for that land for Tony. In Jesus' name. How can you talk? Because he gave me his name to use and he'll give me what it says he'll do. Jesus is not a liar. He'll give you what he says he'll give you. Amen? Uh, John, I have three more scriptures. John chapter 20, verse 31. These are also written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, believing you might have life through his name. Spiritual life through his name. Your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. The name of the Lamb is Jesus, and you're in his book. I got adopted in. In Jewish tradition, if they adopt you, you become the, the, uh, the firstborn of the house. So you might have 10 sons, 12 sons, but you adopt one, and that one you adopt becomes the numero uno for the family. We've been adopted. I got privileges. So do you. I'm not going to take what life throws at me. I'm going to defeat it. Amen? Let's go to Ephesians 5. I hope you're enjoying this. Because I have a ball praying and studying and seeing it come together. Ephesians 5, verse 19 and 20. Speaking to the church at Ephesus. Speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. It's not just singing a Johnny Cash song. These are melodies to the Lord. I listen to we had a saying when we were on the uh, work team and you put on the belt and the guys go, the last song you hear in the truck is the song you're going to hear in your head all day. Yeah. One day it was afternoon delight. <laughs> I didn't have control of the radio. I wasn't driving. And all day long up on walk planks putting up siding, all I could hear was afternoon delight. Sky rock. Oh, gosh, get that out. <laughs> you know what you can do? You can lay it in bed. And before you go to bed, you can sing in your mind a song. Making melody in your heart unto the Lord. Now here it comes. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now we have a check today for Victory Writing Academy. I told Tony about this about three weeks ago. This is the first time I had a ch chance to give him. I'm going to give him a check for $200 towards a project. Okay? Didn't forget. I told you I'd do it. So when I hand it to him, he's going to say thanks. He's going to thank me for what I gave him. I don't thank God for what the devil has tried to give me. So when it says here to giving thanks always unto God, the Father, in the name of the Lord, I'm going to thank him for what he's doing, what he gives me. I want to thank you for the, the headache. No, 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 no. I'm thanking you because the headache's gone. Amen. I'm thanking you because the money came in, the bill got taken care of. I'm thanking you because relationships got put back together. I'm doing it all in the name of Jesus. Right. 
everything, everything bows to that name. Everything. Matter of fact, while we're near there, let's go to Philippians, and that'll be fun. Philippians chapter 2. Verses 9 through 11. Wherefore God has given us, hath highly exalted him, and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things of heaven, things of the earth, and things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's my last scripture, guys. Everything bows its knee. Any situation. It'll bow its knee. My enemy that we have fought as a church since our assignment came and this church started, actually, gosh, that was 29, that's almost 40 years ago. I know him. I, I know his voice. I can smell him, so to speak. And he tried to kill me three times. He tried to kill me three times. He didn't get it done, and I'm going, I've used this leg in this situation to witness to anything that moves. I'll witness to a dog. It doesn't matter. I'll pet the dog. Good doggy. You see what God's doing in my life, doggy? It doesn't matter. Nonstop. Everything will bow its knee. And I won't be happy with nine out of ten. I have four kids. Three got healed, one didn't. That's not good enough. I want God's power oozing out of me. Every day. Every day. To touch lives. I, when I get around, I'm talking to church people. We're supposed to come together and encourage one another, edify one another. That's what I'm trying to do. But those words, hallelujah, amen, and Jesus belong to us in the church. And they're powerful when you use them right. They're powerful when you use them right. You can see some things change. they see Jesus in you. They see the name of Jesus over your life. When I got into the Word, when I met Deborah, that's all that came out of me. We are doing Bible studies all over Omaha, going everywhere, just to get to somewhere where there's Holy Ghost life. And you grow, and you grow. We have children. Changes the deal. Grow grow, grow. They move out. It's just her and me now at the house. Grow, grow, grow. Are you done? I got asked, are you retiring? I said, no, I'm refiring. You tried to kill me, I'm going to go destroy his kingdom wherever I see it. I'll do it with God's love and his faith, but I'll honor the name of Jesus. I think Ralph is in the house. Okay. I was asked to go and pray down in North Omaha, 30th and Ames, with a bunch of Christians because there had been a shooting, a double death. And we, anytime there's a shooting and a death, intercessors come and they pray over the neighborhoods and stuff because they're not taking over. 
particularly North Omaha, it's dangerous. So 55 to 70 guys are there, men and women, to walk the neighborhoods in teams of five and pray. But they weren't in teams when we were getting there, they were all just coming together. I had an armor bearer with me. He's 19, 20 years old. Got a young man's freaky looking hairstyle. His name just happens to be Jake Whalen. Jake wanted to come with me. He said, come on. So I took him. He's with me. The guy in charge, Dave Garrell, says, Jim, I knew you brought somebody with you. Can you get him to make groups of five? And I turned around and went, he was talking to someone. I went over and got Jake and said, this is what you need to do. He said, okay. And so he did it immediately. It got done. And after all the walking and stuff, Dave Garrels came to me. He said, I didn't know who your usher was. I didn't know it was that young man because he, I mean, there's like 15-year gap between Jake's age and anybody else. I mean, he stands out. Got a little different color. The whole, you know what I mean? He stands out. And Dave said this to me. But I knew if he was with you, he would know what to do and get the job done. There was a name over me and Jake that day that was recognizable. What I'm saying is, have Jesus over your head, in your life. You say on your heart, the Holy Ghost lives with you. Let him move in you to help people. And in all of that, your faith will grow. You'll find the faith works in that God kind of love to let go of stuff. And the minute something isn't right in your body or people that you know, in the name of Jesus, because even the demons are subject to your name, sir. That kind of Christian will take light, like Tony said, into the darkness and shine anywhere and win. And win. And win. Jesus didn't almost rise. He got halfway. Three, no, he rose from the dead. And I'm not interested in halfway. I'm interested in all the way. All the way. You're kidding me? No. If you're here today, all, all I'm telling you is that you believe on him, on his name, and you shall be saved. Eyes are going to close for a minute. I'm going to have up in the sound booth, I want Danny Gokey's song, and I want it loud. I'm going to take three minutes and 20 seconds just for you to think about this decision. Listen to the song. And some of you have been asleep, and your light hasn't been very bright. And I'm kicking you in the backside today. Not the first time. But tell the truth. Go ahead, let it rip. Whatever it is you're praying about, you come boldly to the throne room of grace in time of need and receive what you need, it says. And you do it in the name of Jesus. I'm not embarrassed by the name. I belong to him, don't you? I belong to him. If you're here today and you don't know him, I just simply say to you, this is the prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Cleanse me from my sin, and I ask you to be my Lord, and I receive you right now in the name of Jesus. And his presence is here. It's been here for quite a while this morning. It does say we're two or three come together in his name. He's in the middle of this. But his power to bring you to heaven and bring you to him is here. 
just like it was when I did it. I simply gave him my life. Give him yours. Anything you've done, he's already paid the price for it. So don't beat yourself up. With I got all these sins. We all know that. Every one of us came the same way. But the blood covers us. Amen? Now I got to let you go, but I want to finish the thought. And that the reason we have a baby shower is not because it's Pastor Mercedes and she's our daughter. I also am using an excuse to get together for fellowship. We go out and do the stuff we do, and we work hard. It's part of being the brethren, the army, but we're also a family. And once we work our tail off out there, we want to come back and hang out. So we've created some other things over the anniversaries and Easter so we can hang out. Because when they tell you you can't open your doors, you can't open your doors, we can open our doors. I will never close it again. They'll have to arrest me because I'm not closing the doors again. In the name of Jesus, I won't do that. I'm just telling you, to bring the people back and the new ones that God's adding to us with certain gifts and talents that fit right in just like a puzzle, you're a perfect piece. You're a perfect, perfect ingredient into the, what he's cooking here. Perfect. And I want to thank the Felders for having a baby. They've added growth to the church. In a few short weeks, Mercedes and Colin will add another member to the church. You can win them or you can birth them. But we're growing. And you can help anywhere in here and watch the anointing of the Holy Spirit work with you. You can help in the nursery and the children's. You can be an usher. You can help clean. Clean it doesn't. Are you cleaning it for Jesus? Is that how you clean it for Him? Is that how you take care of a baby of the Son of God? No, you take care of Him as you're doing it unto Him in word and deed in His name. Word and deed in His name. Pretty cool. We are having just as much fun or more on Wednesday night. I encourage you to come because... Uh, just, we know there's a Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's not Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's God. And He wants a relationship with you. And we're looking at scriptures in a very strong and profound way that's causing change. So I encourage you, you're welcome to come. Okay? Deborah, you want to close this in prayer? Okay. I just startled her. The anointing's been all over her this morning. She's just so if you got something, I want to get it out. If you got something, I want to see. I'm trying to get it to come out. This morning was perfect. I knew God had it from Tony. He, Tony just standing there worshiping. And I looked at him. He's got to work. And he goes, we got to learn to work together with our gifts so that it comes out for the edification of everybody. We give you glory today, sir. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus for everything done here today in word and deed. As we leave here, let us be the light in the dark place that makes the difference. That makes the difference. Thank you, sir. Amen. A little bit different when you say amen, so be it in my life.
I'm on board. Let's do this. Okay, we'll see you Wednesday night. Let's have some fun. I think Pastor Brandon is downstairs. Our visitors can get their uh, Chick-fil-A card. There's cards to hand out to inviting them to come to Easter. And see Brandon because we need some of the people to help with getting chairs located downstairs the right way for the shower, which will be next Saturday at 1.30. At 1. So don't come late. There's a lot of good food. I know what's coming. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We always want to encourage those of you who love the story of how God is working in your life through this ministry to send us an email to amen at libertyofomaha.com. For more information on Liberty Church, visit libertyofomaha.com. Thanks for joining us and have a credible week.